Show. I'm Tate Frazier, a producer for TheRinger.com, and I'm joined by a staff writer from TheRinger.com, and that is Jonathan Charks. Charks, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. How you doing? Team USA. We are not on a banana boat. Instead, we are on a cruiser off uh, off the coast of Brazil. Um, Charks, so far, Team USA has squeaked by three straight wins. Um Starting with Australia, giving them a little bit scare with uh, Della Vadova and Bogut, uh, you know, teaming up together to try to get their revenge against uh, the many ghosts of their past. Uh, and then they had a close encounter with Serbia and the young Jokic. And then they had an even closer bout. Oh, I guess it was the same as a three-point loss uh, or three-point win against France. Um, just so far from Team USA, what, what kind of is your take on them? And what's the temperature of uh, Coach K's squad? I mean, it's pretty surprising, obviously. I don't think anyone expected them to be in so many close games, especially in pool play. But I guess if you think about it, like if you look at the last Olympics, they're all about defense, getting in transition, turning them over. And then they replaced Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Chris Paul in the starting lineup with Kyrie, Mello, and Boogie. So I guess maybe we should have expected some kind of shortfall a little bit just from that. Yeah, I was just thinking about that yesterday. So uh, Coach K obviously took over this team in 2006, and they had their one loss. And there was some some talk, you know, back then with Coach K dealing with youth and uh, trying to connect to the youth. And now it's like, you know, the second generation of this Team USA. And there, there's a lot of young guys on this team. And really the, the only old guy that he can rely on is Melo. And Melo's not a defensive presence. You know, he's a scorer. So I, it's kind of the U.S. is in a weird spot defensively, and they've just been getting killed on uh, the pick and roll. And if you look at it, the pick and roll, that's your point guard and your center. And yeah. that's their two weakest spots. And your four man, like your best defense are two in the three positions. And you've got your weakest guys at the main two spots for the pick and roll. Yeah, watching uh, the France game, which was the last game the Team USA played, which was on Sunday, Tony Parker obviously did not play in that game. They're kind of been shorting him on his minutes. I think the most minutes he's played in the tournament was like 22 minutes or something. Um, but they had uh, Hurtle, Thomas Hurtle, uh, the point guard that came in, and he just torched the U.S. I mean, he, he, he torched Kyrie. Uh, he had nine assists, just one turnover uh, in 27 minutes. What did you see from Hurtle? And like when you have a guy like that, that's not necessarily, you know, a world renowned player do that to your starting point guard. Like what, what's the next step for Team USA? Is it to go all in on defense and just hope that you can put up enough points to get the win or what? I mean, you look at it, it was the same thing in Australia. Patty Mills had like 30 points and Delhi did whatever he wanted. And it was the same thing with Serbia too with Tia Dosic. Yeah. And really, I'm not even sure Hortle's worse than Tony Parker at this point in their careers. Parker's looking kind of old and washed, in my opinion. Yeah. So I wasn't stunned. Hurdle kind of went off instead. So you just named three guards that really had huge games, uh, respectively, against Team USA. I thought an interesting wrinkle for Team USA, just, you know, as far as like the minutes that have been uh, kind of dished out. Coach K has been kind of good at good, giving everybody their own, you know, chance. I mean, Harrison Barnes even has a game started. So does Draymond. They're on the, the low end of minutes. They both only played 74 minutes in the tournament so far. But Kyrie has played less minutes than uh, Kyle Lowry, which is kind of astounding to me, even though Kyrie's made such an impact on the offensive end. What have you seen from him defensively that's kind of, uh, I guess, hindered the success and let other point guards and other teams kind of go off? 
Well, I mean, that's kind of his story. That's always been his story, right? He's always mm-hmm. been a guy who gets buckets more than he's really getting in. He's not super athletic. He's not super big. And he's a bucket getter. So that right there, like added together, you got a bad combination for defense. I've been, I've just been really confused by Team USA because they, they have these spurts um, of scoring where it looks like everything's okay. And then all of a sudden, it's just like everyone looks locked up and no one can make a shot. I mean, Jimmy Butler really hasn't done, I mean, anything from like, I mean, he's getting open three point looks from teams and he's like unwilling to shoot it. Uh, Draymond is shooting like 11% from three. And when he's in the game, he looks lost. Um, Like what, like who is Draymond Green right now? He looks like a totally different guy. Yeah. I mean, for one thing, it's just, they're calling way more contact. Like Draymond's whole bit is like, I'm smaller than you. So I'm going to mug you in the lane. And let you yeah. do anything on defense. And the refs just call the fouls on him. So it's like, what's he going to do? It's same with Boogie a bit. Like a lot of these guys aren't just in international play. And it just seems like looking back on it, the way his roster was built, like do you need Jimmy B, DeMar, and Harry B? It really seems like they added way too many of the same kind of players. Like this team could really use J.J. Redick really badly. It's like a bunch of guys that all do similar things that – they need to almost be in the game to get their rhythm to get going. And when you're, when you're, you know, have them on the bench and they're coming off and on and don't really know who's going to be getting shots that night, it kind of, I don't know, it, it kind of keeps those guys disengaged from the game. And when, I mean, someone like DeRozan is a great example. I mean, when he's not necessarily involved in the offense, I mean, you see him out there and you're like, what does this guy really bring to the table at all? Yeah. I'm not really sure. I mean, like, there's not, it's not like really clear role dif- distribution either. Like, you have one game, Katie shoots 16 times, one game, he shoots four times. It doesn't really feel like they know who's getting the ball and who's spreading the floor. And they're just like, that's what I've been saying. They're taking turns, kind of taking turns shooting the ball instead of really playing team offense. They're not guarding anybody. So, if you're not playing any defense and you're not really moving the ball, you're definitely vulnerable to being upset. Paul George and Kevin Durant have been just getting killed on these back screens where basically the 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 primary thing is just, you know, man and ball. You know, it's pretty simple and these these teams like have just been cutting them up, especially Kevin Durant. I mean, he's looked lost on defense. I mean, I was watching uh the France game and we were sort of joking with uh, I was watching with the crew of people and we were just sort of joking that like what if Kevin Durant like like what if he just doesn't even care about playing defense, you know? Cuz it just looks like hilarious how much these guys are just like completely just breaking him down and he doesn't look faced by it at all and even yeah, like on ball the watching yeah just ball watching and like not even looking like he's engaged at all but but k k had a good point uh when he was doing his press conference after france and he was sort of like you know these guys have been treating this like it's group play and once we get in and we know it's like do or die i think not necessarily the intensity we you know will like like it hasn't been there before, which it you know definitely hasn't. But he was just saying that he thinks that a new team USA will will sort of show up, which you know I'm intrigued to see. I don't know what that crunch time five looks like. We kind of have mentioned that a little bit. I mean, just for your sake, I mean, do you take Kyrie out? Do you put Lowry in? What's kind of the move? Well, to me, that's what I'm curious about. Like, is Coach K really going to bench any of his stars? I don't know that he will. He might be getting a little old and soft. Like, is he going to bench Melo, the veteran leader? I don't know, right? <laughs> Mello, our greatest Olympian, uh, yeah. breaking Michael Jordan's scoring record to get third and then breaking LeBron James' scoring record to get I get first. the feeling he has the field goal attempts record, and that's really where Mello really shines. 
He's no Bogdanovich though. That's the real. That's the real champion. You, which one, Bojan or Bogdan? Oh, Bojan, the the Croatian, the Croatian Bogdanovich. That that is the. He gets buckets, man. He's not messing around out there. He is the Ben Bentel MVP of the Olympics for sure. I mean, absolutely. That, that guy has. I don't know if it's because the coach tells him he can shoot whenever he wants to, but he's going to. He just shoots whenever he wants, and the coach can get with the program. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he really been more fun to watch than the U.S. Croatia, but I guess we can wait to that. Gets a little later in the podcast. We'll we'll wait until we jump in with the uh, the Croatia young takes. Yeah, you mentioned Mello. I mean, before this all jumped off, we we sort of said Mello was going to be this was going to be his Olympics, his show, and I mean it has it has been to a certain extent, especially in the first two games. But Clay took over against France finally. What, what what's kind of your? I mean, do you still believe in Mello? Do you, are you waiting for Mello to have his gold medal moment and uh, to take this team to the promised land? Well, I feel like it has been his team because they don't play defense and they hold the ball. So, like, clearly they got <laughs> Melo's identity on, on you know, both sides they're, of the ball. They're playing way too much with Melo in their free time. Yeah, you're right. I think me personally, I would just say whatever. I would go Durant, George, Clay Thompson. Those are my three guys I'd roll with. They can guard positions, move the ball, shoot it. Then I might, I might go, like, Kyle Lowry and DeAndre. I think that's probably your best defensive unit. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, DeAndre is kind of a, an interesting uh, like person to look at because if if you've been watching this whole tournament, sort of uh, like passing big men, like big seven footers that can be involved in getting people, setting screens, running the pick and roll, like the Bogut types, um, have been really you know that's kind of the international game guys that can yeah. that can help that are big guys. But I mean, DeAndre Jordan is a complete liability unless you're throwing him lobs. So. It's sort of this weird spot where I don't know why Kay continues to lean on DeAndre, but DeAndre seems like no matter what, he's going to be a big cog in, in whatever Team USA well, that's does. Well, Boogie can't play more than like 15 minutes a game without fouling <laughs> out. So there's a lot of minutes at the five position. What, what is it? Boogie fouled out in nine minutes, right? It was really impressive. <laughs> really look, at his, like, look at like his face, too. He fell out like in three minutes in terms of his like fake body language. Yeah. Face. He was not having a good time. No, and he, uh, I can't remember, it might have been the uh, Serbia game where he had four turnovers and four possessions, I think, back-to-back. Or maybe I'm getting that wrong, but I mean, he, he's, had, he's had a pretty horrible, horrible Olympics so far. Uh, yeah, it seems like either he's getting an offensive foul or traveling whenever he gets in the lane. Like, the refs just have no time for his stuff. Him or Draymond, really. It's sort of weird. I mean, it, it seems as if... You know, sometimes you'll say like prefer that you know guys given their status will get you know preferential treatment. But it seems like is since Draymond is like technically the eleventh man on Team USA, he is getting treated like any other eleventh man on any other international team by these officials. I mean, he gets nothing, and it's kind of funny to see because he's doing similar stuff that he always does for for the Warriors, it just isn't working in this format. Yeah, that's the question, I guess. Because like theoretically, if you had Draymond, you could just switch screens. But I'm yeah. not sure, like, what's easier for a team defense to switch screens, keep track of your new man, or to actually run a pick and roll defense. I would think switching screens, but it seems like Cage is not going to Draymond. He's playing with the four when he plays at all. Yeah, that that's the other thing. I mean, you know, obviously we, you know, you've written about this and it's been talked about and discussed a lot, just like the small ball lineup and and what it would look like with Draymond at the five, or even maybe even Melo at the five. And Team USA just, you know, Coach K does not seem to be. Uh, set and ready to to run that lineup at all which is you know a little strange i guess in theory if you're getting killed on defense you want to stay bigger but their big guys being killed on defense too 
Like, I feel like they're very vulnerable. I'm just not sure anyone is going to beat them in this field. Yeah. Speaking of the rest of the field, we have uh, the remaining teams. Now that we are finally into the quarterfinals, we have Australia, Lithuania, Spain, France, the U.S., of course, Argentina, Croatia, Serbia. And uh, you and I were sort of talking about, like, what, who is the top flight contender outside of the United States who is, you know, obviously the favorite. I mean, most would say Spain. Spain uh, was the silver medalist in 2008 and 2012. And now Spain is on the same side of the bracket um, as U.S. But, but what team have you seen that you're just like, yeah, that, that, that's the squad that Team USA does not want to see in the quarterfinals? Well, I mean, to me, the team that most interests me is Australia. I feel like Bogut's been the best center in the tournament, probably. Yeah. And they've got two point guards who can get buckets against Kyrie anyways and Mills and Deladova. <laughs> so Bogut's setting a great, some great screens. He's passing the ball, protecting the rim. Because I think to beat the U.S., you got to play good defense. Because you figure most teams will score in the U.S. are playing such bad defense. So who's the best defensive team left? You know, at the numbers, it's either Spain or Australia. And I definitely trust Bogut more than Powell on defense. Yeah, I mean, Bogut seems like, I mean, he was pissed off when someone asked him if it was like a moral victory with their game against the U.S. And, you know, he pretty much told that guy what what he thought about him. Um, But, yeah, he's been incredible. I mean, he looks like a younger version of himself. Della Vadova has been so active just making like, you know, smart basketball plays as you would expect Deli to do. And Australia in general, I mean, they have a ton of NBA guys. I mean, Joe Ingles has been great. Joe Ingles, <laughs> yeah. Joe Ingles has Our been our boss's favorite player. Yeah, he's ask Bill Simmons about Joe Ingles sometime. <laughs> Joe Ingles has been on the floor. We do know that. That's that's been a good. And you've got Aaron thing. Baines. That samurai haircut is going on. Yeah, there. I have no idea what what that is all about. But I mean, I, yeah, I think Australia is definitely a team to watch. And there, there's there's a weird like revenge factor with Kyrie not being on that team. And if Kyrie was, how good they would be? No one, no one. Well, knows. I mean, what do you get messing with Deladova? Who, who can say, right? I mean, it's that's, pretty much that's, that's Delhi's team, man. Yeah, you it's back. Take Delhi's spot. He did. He did it already this year. He did that's it with true. the Cavs. That is true. But there was politics at play there, obviously. Tons of politics. It had nothing to do with the basketball performance uh, on the floor, for sure. Um, my team that I kind of have uh, been mulling over this whole tournament uh, is the Jordan brand exclusive, and that is uh, Team Croatia. So maybe we can get off some of our Croatian takes uh, a little bit. I, I just have a few thoughts. These are some notes I took um, throughout my time watching Croatia. One, Hazonia is just a specialist, you know. I think everyone's been giving him like, oh, he's a scorer. Oh, he's this great off guard. Oh, he's J.R. Smith. And it's like Hazoni just comes into the game and it's Saric and uh, Bogdanovic and Simone, like Simone, whoever it is, is like just trying to find Hazonia for a spot up three, which is great. He's also shown a couple of times. I, I thought in the Lithuania game he had one time uh, Bogdanovic kicked it out and Hazonia should have just taken a usual bad three that was contested, but instead he drove to the basket and got fouled. So that was great. I was really excited to see that. Uh, Saric is just a great offensive rebounder. And I think uh, Team USA, like we were saying, I mean, they, they haven't done a great job on the boards. KD hasn't done a great job rebounding. And uh, I, I could see Saric, you know, making an impact there. And then Bogdanovich is J.R. Smith, you know, like the old J.R., not this new J.R. that's all nice and polished. You know, like Bogdanovich is the old J.R. He's yeah, out there. He was like buckets. really, really slow and a little taller. 
Like if J.R. Smith played in like concrete <laughs> shoes, he'd be Bogdanovich for sure. I mean, it's just like the, it's not even about the the way they play or like, you know, the, the, the way he looks like with the basketball in his hand. It's just the fact that this dude is there for buckets. And <laughs> no conscience. Absolutely. He isn't even thinking about anything else but, but getting buckets. So those I mean, are the, you got him and Mario together is pretty, pretty great. I forget it, what game it was. Mario just dunked on someone, started yelling in his face. It was pretty awful. I think it was Argentina. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, they, they just lost it. Kind of dunked right in someone's face. Yeah, I mean the 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 Croatian team in general, like the the formula to beat Team USA is basically like get get rebounds, make the extra pass, and hit threes. And like Croatia against Lithuania yesterday, they were nine for eleven from three, eighty two percent heading into the fourth quarter. Like that's yeah, nuts. they have like they're one of the only team with like a bunch of wings, the NBA size and athletic ability who could like match up with the US because you have like against Australia. You mellow killed Aaron Baines at the four yeah. spot, but they can put Sarge on mellow and at least give someone with his size and speed on him. Same with Hazonia. And like that guy, Bobich isn't bad. Like they got a lot of wings. You can play basketball. I was going to say, I, I wrote down like Bobich is just crafty. Like that, you know, you almost need like a, a guard to kind of offset the, the flow. Like basically Croatia's flow is like, we're going to run the offense through Sarge or Bagdanovich and basically like run little picks and rolls and just get those guys into space and let them do their thing. But when you have Bobic out there, I mean, he has the ability to get to the basket and like it basically just puts pressure on Kyrie to play defense. And and if that's the case, then Lowry comes in. Lowry doesn't offer the same thing on offense. And you never know. The best thing about these eight teams, I think, is that the, these games are, aren't all set in stone. Like I, I could see any of these teams sort of like pulling off an upset, which is great. I mean, I think after one, two through eight, two through eight are all pretty similar. Like they're yeah. all pretty good teams. Yeah. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Blue Apron. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients taste better and are better for you, so it's important to know where your food comes from. I just got Blue Apron a couple of weeks ago, and now I cook at home by myself because I have food sent to me, and that's all thanks to Blue Apron. Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. Blue Apron can be delivered to 99% of the continental U.S. US and 99.5% of food deserts. Because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe, they are reducing food waste. Cooking together builds strong family bonds. Research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. Those who spend a lot eating out or at high-end grocery chains can now spend under $10 per person for a healthy, delicious meal. It's really great. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for the community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Uh, Some of the meals available in August are spiced pork burgers with goat cheese and cucumber corn salad. Summer vegetable and quinoa bowl with fairy tale eggplant, shishito peppers, and corn. And my favorite, the chicken tinga tacos with summer squash and tomato salsa. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash ringer. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash ringer. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And we're also brought to you by our trusty partner, SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. 
SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert. Uh, just this past week, I was looking at Dodgers tickets. Uh, I needed to go see um, a couple games, and then, you know what? I went to go see, well, I'm going to go see the uh, Yankees play the Angels this Saturday. It's going to be a great time. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and I just used it the other day to look at tickets. Um, everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. With SeatGeek, you'll never need to waste time checking prices on other ticket sites. SeatGeek does that for you by pulling all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see an underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, Ringer NBA show listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, first, download the free SeatGeek app and then go to the settings tab and click add promo code. Enter the promo code RINGERNBA and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Again, download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo Promo code Ringer NBA today. Just a, another matchup that's kind of kind of on the horizon. That that's a big matchup. Just national power Spain and France. France has just been um, they've been fun to watch, man. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm I'm Team Boris, um, but Bo- everyone is Team Boris. Boris yeah. has no enemies. Yeah, I mean Bor- Boris had a great quote about Team USA. He said, "We can say they're struggling, but they're winning." You know, just you know, keeping it honest. Like we're over here freaking out, and Boris is like, "Whatever, man. Those guys are just winning games. It doesn't matter how." And you got this Spain France rivalry coming up. So, like in 2014, it was the World Championships in Spain, and France beats them. Yep. 2015, it was EuroBasket in France, and Spain beats them. And you had the 2012, the Nicholas Batum karate chop. I think that was on Navarro. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, he yeah. tried to like castrate him, basically. Or youth, that's the wrong word. But he tried to like <laughs> do some do some damage down there. It was yeah. a serious chop. Yeah, that was a that was a Chris Paul was even like a little astounded by the chop. <laughs> Chris Paul here taking notes. <laughs> it's like that's the move. That's that's the that's the that's the one. Um, I was pretty surprised. Ricky Rubio has like hit a couple threes uh, in a couple games I watched, which is you know always a s- surprising like fun thing to see. Miritich has been uh, fun to watch. I mean, Miritich is shooting like he's taking like twenty five threes or something ridiculous, which is fun to watch. And then you think about it, and you're like, wow, that's the Bulls' best three point shooter. And I think he's shooting like thirty five percent or something ridiculous. But yeah, uh, it's like Clay Thompson for the Bulls. Those <laughs> yeah, numbers. Exactly. They're just giving him the rock and letting him shoot threes. Um, is there anything else from France? I mean, or, or they, I mean, basically, if Team USA handles business against Argentina, which we'll talk about a little bit later, I mean, they're going to play one of those teams. Is, is there one in particular that you think the U.S. matches up with better than the mm-hmm. other, or, or is it basically just kind of more of the same? I would think they match up better with Spain because I'm thinking to beat the U.S., you got to play D at the five and score at the one, and Spain's yeah. got it reversed. So the U.S. to let Rubio shoot on that pick and roll, they'll under everything. And they'll yeah. attack power the pick and roll constantly, or they'll attack him in space. Whereas France has got Gobert up front, and they got a bunch of little guards you can score. They got former Spurs great Nando DiColo, my boy Cordell, maybe Tony Parker, something left in the tank. So I would think they'd want to see Spain because I mean that France game was pretty close by the fourth quarter. 
the Tony Parker thing is really the the main thing that's intrigued me about this team. But I mean, you even said it, you even mentioned earlier that you thought Hortel may be better than than Parker at this point. But if you are able to have Hortel like play at that same level, get you know his points and you know be involved on offense, and then have a second wave like if Parker comes off the bench, then I think I, mean, I really think France is a r- real tough matchup because Gobert's going to get boards and just stay involved and then you have you know say Batum gets hot from three Dial does the little things like he always does I mean that I think that's a scary uh semifinal matchup for the U.S. especially since they kind of like have been teetered I mean they should have lost that game against France and then you know to get them in the next round would be a a, a pretty tough thing for them to do I think yeah theoretically like Batum can at least match up with Durant theoretically yeah and you have like Boris Boris and Carmelo it's like Boris can play like Carmelo's bully ball fat man game too pretty, <laughs> yeah pretty, pretty much carmelo all he wants to do is back you down in the post and take a turnaround and all boris dl is going to do is just stand there and not get pushed down by carmelo yeah they have two guys with an equal commitment to fitness and boris and carmelo <laughs> going head to head they probably just go in and get dinner together you know talk about posting absolutely, each other absolutely yeah um, TV and whatnot <laughs> One team that I think a lot of people have kind of, uh, I don't know, thrown to the side, I guess would be a nice way to say it, is Lithuania. And Lithuania has a history of just being, you know, basically in the top of basketball. I mean, Kalnatis had 26 against Croatia. And that dude, I mean, he has like the highest efficiency in the tournament um, so far. I mean... And, and his, first of all, his name is Mantis, like a praying mantis, which is something to, you know, to concern yourself with. It's, it's Montas. It's Montas. It's M-A-N-T-A-S. <laughs> yeah, that's the... That's no, the, well, actually, you're there. That's the, that's the proper pronunciation. I liked Mantis, Kalanitis, or whatever. That, that sounded way more threatening. And that team is like the most fundamentally sound basketball team I've ever seen when they put it all together. And that's like a scary sight for a team like USA that is playing the furthest thing from fundamental basketball. Yeah, they've always played the U.S. tough in these tournaments, Lithuania. Lithuania was, I think the... I may have this wrong. Uh, they played team. I think they were the the last team to come the closest to beating Team USA. Maybe in like 2013 or 2012. I just remember watching the game and being like, "Wow!" Like Lithuania. And then you know when you put it all together, it's like, "Oh, well, you have basically Soviet Union guys. You know, you have obviously little Sabonis out there. Um, and then Valanciunas has been great. And then uh, like I said, my man Montas or Mantis, depending on how you want to call him. I mean, they got a bunch of studs. I mean, they're a fun team to watch. They got former Mavs draft picks, Ronaldo Sabutis out there shooting threes. Yep. Future Knicks great, Mindas Kazmauskas, or I, I butchered his name out there. Shoot. They got a bunch of guys who shoot threes and foul a lot. So it's a good, I mean, that'll be a good game, them, them in Australia. That's yeah. I worry with them, though, because you have like Bogut versus Jonas. And he kind of runs all of Jonas's bits a little better. He's a little older and stronger. So I wonder if he can kind of neutralize their best player. Yeah. Right? I guess Kalanitis their best player. But. Yeah, they had this weird, like Lithuania, they had uh, they had Valanciunas. Like they were basically getting him as deep as possible. And, he, you know, he was just working in his zone, like underneath the basket and getting easy buckets. And then once Croatia, they uh, they got their big man, uh, what's his name, 15, Bailon. I think it was his name. Yeah, yeah. Bylon. Yeah, I mean he 
he was taking Valanchunas down and was basically just being smarter, like doing pump fakes. He got a couple of three-point plays. He, he he took Valanchunas out to the three-point line, like opened the lane up for Hazonia one time. And I and I was watching that game and I was like, the only problem with Lithuania is that they can like Valanchunas himself can get a little lazy on D. And then when you have someone like Bogut and Delvadova and Patty Mills and just smart guys that play basketball like that, I mean, they'll just pick that apart. Yes, I think I remember that one. I think Saric had a big game too. He was taking my man Sabonis off the dribble. Oh, they yeah. have a lot of speed on the wings, but I guess Croatia. I mean, uh, Australia doesn't really have any either. Yeah, except for Joe Ingles, who's just that's true. A stud. Yeah, defensive yeah. stopper, all around elite <laughs> basketball player, Joe Ingles. He's just a downhill guy, you know, straight to the yeah. basket, just exactly what you'd expect. Um, one team we haven't really touched on at all is the other Bogdanovic in Serbia. Serbia will play Croatia. That's the late game tomorrow. I mean, the Serbs, I, I've, I've watched them play a couple times. I mean, they played the U.S. really well. They have, I mean, you wrote a great piece on Jokic uh, for the ringer.com, which basically described nice what... Plug. But but what have you seen from Jokic? I mean, I, I watched the first game when Jokic played Australia and, and basically Bogut made him look like he was nobody. And then he has completely transformed himself and seemed like a totally different guy since that game. So so what have you seen uh, his improvement just throughout this tournament? Well, but a lot of it too, he's sharing minutes with uh, Rajulka. I don't know if you remember him from the NBA. He played yeah, for like the yeah. Bucks for a few years. He's Miroslav, like, right? Yeah. He's like yeah. 290 pounds. He has like arm sleeve tattoos, big yeah. beard. He's like a poor man's Pekovic, I guess. Yeah, I like so that. He, he's like the veteran of the team. So for a while, uh, they had Jokic coming off the bench. And after that big USA game, he got in the starting lineup. Yeah, and he's I, just, I mean, he's a really good player. I think he'll be a problem for Croatia up front. That's probably their best chance in that game. It's just because Jokic, if he gets the ball, good things are happening. He can shoot and pass and dribble a little bit too. And he can score from all over the floor. He's just a really, really good offensive basketball player. Yeah, and another guy they have is uh, Milos Teodosic. I hope I didn't butcher his name too bad there. And, you know, basically Milos is, uh, I mean, he's on NBA radars and stuff. And he's he had a great game against the U.S. He had one of... The best passes I've seen. I was uh, just going to say, I know exactly what you're talking about. The behind-the-back pass to the three-point shooter. To Bagdanovich, who, I mean, yeah. he missed it. How do you miss that? You can't. I know. He missed two shots like that in the last minute of that game. Yeah, and, and I think the score at that point, I think it was like a five- or six-point game, and uh, Milos made that incredible you know, <laughs> kick out to Bagdanovich. I mean, cut it to a two-point game there, and you know they ended up losing by three, so you, you can do the math. I mean, Yeah, the, Milos the, tries some real YOLO passes. It's pretty great. It's like, kinda, he doesn't try any pass in the book. It's kind of like Manu a little bit, but like not not as not as wild. Yeah, I guess we should cover Argentina a bit. Speaking of Manu, they're playing Team USA first in the quarterfinals tomorrow. Yeah, that is that game's at uh, five forty-five Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the U.S. takes on Argentina. Kind of the really the 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 team that spurred the whole revolution in USA basketball in two thousand four. So uh, the golden era, the golden generation of Argentinian Argentinian basketball players have kind of uh, kind of reached. Uh, the end here, but Manu's back and uh, they seem re- set and ready to go. I mean, what do you expect to see from Argentina? A lot of pick and roll, I guess. Yeah, they'll move the ball. They've got three guys. They got three or four guys who can score it. They got Compazzo, who's been pretty good. He's the one of the only younger players. And they still have Scola, Nocioni, and Ginobili. 
like doing the same thing they were doing 15 years ago, but just a lot slower. God, Scola is so slow. I, I watch him play and I'm just amazed that people just like let him operate. Yeah. I don't see how he guards Carmelo in this game. I don't yeah. see how Carmelo guards him either. So that'll be an interesting matchup. I think with Argentina, I worry about them because they'll score in the U.S., but how are they going to stop the U.S.? They have no real shot blocking and no real perimeter defense. They got Delfino out there as their wing stopper at 34. So I think if the U.S. just gets the ball to the rim, they should be okay in that game. What's uh, the, I think they had yeah they have one guy coming off the bench. I was trying to think uh, basically w- with Team USA. I mean, if you're if you're a smart team, you don't want to like try to outscore them. You want to keep the game sort of contained and hope that you can play enough defense to kind of eke one out. But uh, they have a guy coming off the bench. I think Okuna is his name, Asuna or whatever. Yeah, um, he's had a couple blocks for them. Uh, I mean, but like the the guy that the guy that would be their rim protector, quote unquote, is Nocioni, which is I mean that that's that, you know Team USA should be fine. I mean, throw some lobs at DeAndre. Well, I think they'll probably pack it in, try to make Team USA beat him from the outside. Hope Team USA misses, run off the misses. Yeah. So I would think it's a lot of it's just going to be K's rotation. Is he going to like you play guys who can get to the rim and then play shooting around them? As opposed to like, don't play too many guys who can't shoot at the same time, and don't play too many guys who don't who just shoot the ball and don't get to the rim at the same time. When you look at Argentina and just like a historical perspective on it, I mean, this is obviously the last time the golden generation, uh, quote unquote, for Argentina will all be together. They're a pretty close knit group uh, led by Manu. If they were able to pull off this upset against the U.S., that would be probably the best you know goodbye present of all time for for that whole squad of players it would be unbelievable especially with the crowd that they've had at all these games i mean yeah. the argent the crowd that they've had come out for these games especially against brazil i mean they had to that tell the amazing. crowd yeah they had to tell the crowd to like chill out before the game i mean if they beat team usa at that age i you have to i think are you rooting for that as a coach k hater That'd be a pretty <laughs> ultimate way from the end his Olympic career, wouldn't it? Losing to a bunch of forty-year-olds. It it would it would honestly it would come full circle because of what happened in two thousand four and like some of the comments that Kay made about that team and like how they should never lose to Argentina and for him to 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 go out you know after after everything that's gone on. I mean you know regardless of how great he's been this whole time. I mean they're on a fifty-game win streak right now. I mean that's yeah. incredible. I mean that all the odds say that you're eventually going to lose if you've won fifty straight games at some point in the near future uh and I, I think Argentina was that was the matchup when Croatia was playing Lithuania and it was kind of up in there who U.S. would face I was I was thinking to myself man that that's pretty wild because they played Argentina in uh I think in an exhibition game and Manu didn't even really play at all and you know and U.S. won by like 50 points but you know they're gonna come out 100 percent and give it their last go I think I mean it's just crazy because you think like I think they played him for the first time in 2002 in those world championships yeah and they're going up against like paul pierce and michael finley and jermaine o'neill and it's the same guys playing the u.s 15 years like what 12 years later yeah it'll happen 14 years later and i mean some of that you could say well manu was the sixth man on the spurs and he didn't play as many star minutes blah 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 but it's like at the same time all these guys have stayed interconnected and even after 2012 i mean it was like they thought that they could win it in 2012 there's a confident bunch that really knows how to play with each other when you're dealing with little fundamental problems like not keeping your eye on the man and the ball like we've had with Paul George and Kevin Durant and Harrison Barnes whoever it is coming off the bench on some of these backs and Harry B I'll tell you that (laughs) can we get some Harry B love hashtag free Harry B out here 
Mavs fans need to see our franchise player out. I mean, come on. Why can't Why can't my man get some minutes? You know, that's 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 pretty much been the 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 story of Team USA is why Harrison Bar- Harrison Barnes right now. He's he's three for ten from three. You know, I mean, he's twelve from twenty seven from the field. That's a nice forty four percent. Charks. Hashtag free Harry B. Get some time out there, Coach K. You know. Let the let the man get get some foul. Let him soar. You know. Let him soar. I, w- I will say this: if the game is close, like with three or four minutes left, I probably would trust Argentina more to execute than Team USA if they keep this thing close in the, to the final minutes. Who's going to be the one for Team USA to be? To I mean, I guess it would be Carmelo. You got to uh, think they gave it to Melo, right? Yeah. Yeah, but like, I mean, is that our best bet? You know, I mean, that that's pretty much. He has what the it comes the veteran experience, right? Clearly, it'll come in handy. He's the old 32 man, oldest guy on the team. All they have is Kyle Lowry, who is a young 30. I can't believe he's 30 years old. He's had a weird career. He's had a really yeah. weird career. He's a late bloomer, man. I do think they should, like, I feel at the end of the day, Argentina's just so old and so unathletic. The U.S. should be able to get that one. And then I think it goes up in difficulty, Spain or France. And then whoever comes out of the other side of the bracket, those should be two pretty good games. Let's let let's uh let let's take a next step. Let's let's look at some picks. Let's just make our predictions for what the semifinal will look like, who we think the final will be, and just sort of uh you know who who will end up you know with the gold at the end. Um, just for you, just jumping off. I mean, Australia, Lithuania. Who do you have there? Oh man, all these picks would make us look so dumb. It makes <laughs> me look really dumb in a few days. It's all right. I'll, no one cares. I'll go with Australia. Yeah, definitely. Aust- I would take Australia, Lithuania. I, you know, I have a little little crush on Lithuania, but I, I'll let that go. Um, Spain, France, which is the second game on Wednesday. Ooh, man, that's a tough one. Yeah, it's up in the air. That's a, that's a, a lot of these games are coin tosses, basically. Yeah, a lot. I mean, pretty much any one of the Team USA games. Oh man, I'll go. I'll go with Spain. I'll say France. Bring Parker back in. I'll go with Spain. That that should be a good game. Yeah, what if what if Parker is the reason why France, you know, goes down a little bit? What, that's what, that's what, my hot take of the tournament. You yeah, theory with Tony Parker. I like that. And then, yeah, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take France. Why not? I'm Team Batum. Let Batum live. You know. Hey, Sean Hornets franchise player. Yeah, that's what Batum I'm saying. Batum versus Barnes, man. I'll be the big <laughs> matchup in the next round. I'm pulling. I'm pulling for franchise guys. That's all I have. Uh, U.S. Argentina. Are you Are you riding with the uh, the golden yeah, generation? I'll go, I'll go with the U.S. in that one. They can't lose much old guys. Yeah, I don't see that. I mean, I I think as much of the storyline would be incredible, especially being in South America. It's basically a home game for you know it is a home game now that Brazil is out of the tournament. I can't see U.S. Uh, losing Argentina. Um, and then the final one, the the young Croatians, aka the young Gunners, for Serbia. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Croatia on that one. Why not? Go with Jordan Brand. Always. They're, always. They're. I mean, they're just a fun team to watch. I mean, I, 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 I think they're the most fun team to watch in the tournament. I mean, did you see at the end of uh, the end of the Lithuania Croatia game, the buzzer goes off? You know, most guys they just dribble the ball out, shake hands, blah blah blah. Bogdanovich instead goes down and just dunks it as hard as he can and like almost gets injured. Like he pulled up his growing, like he came up and was like, Oh shit, I think I hurt my growing. And that's like, that's, the awesome. Be- that's awesome. That's the best way that I want anyone to ever end a game, you know, like go up for the big dunk that doesn't matter and doesn't count. And like, who knows, maybe you get injured. Okay. I'm fun. looking, I'm looking at their team page on FIBA.com. Yeah. And they have this picture of Bogdanovich, Saric <laughs> and his own. It's looking so ridiculous. 
They look like they look like you know in Step Brothers, they're those tandem interviews, and the guys are popping up from behind each other. Hello, it's a pretty great picture. It kind of it kind of captures their whole essence as a team. I I I call them the the baby face team uh, because they can't grow facial hair, and as someone that can't grow facial hair and tries, you know, I I I I I empathize and sympathize with with everyone that that has. Dario's really trying with this like half mustache, half goatee thing going on. So is his. They both have the exact same facial hair, which I know what it is. You can only grow a mustache, and you're just trying. You just gotta stop. You know, you just gotta stop. (laughs) Well, it's they are younger happening. than you, so maybe they, I'll get some hair on their chest. They Barely, though. I'm just trying to say, like, I, I could I, I could flex and act like I'm on Team Croatia. I could I could do the same facial hair. I could be a part of the team. You have to be Tate Frazerovic or something like that. <laughs> What's your dad's name? Clay. It'd be Clayovic. It's like the son of. So yeah. it's like Clayovic. Yeah, it'd be Tate Clayovic. That'd be perfect. That Which is why I love it. that guy Bogdan Bogdanovic. His name is Bogdan, son of Bogdan. I mean, how incredible is it going to be? First of all, these announcers uh, that if you don't watch the stream and you watch the actual broadcast on NBC Sports, the announcers, they literally, it's like as if they pick two guys from the crowd and they're like, all right, you're calling this game because they have no idea what the players' names are. They, they say things like, look at number four with like, and, <laughs> and they said uh for dl they called him dl um there's just been some great ones where they, they just well, there had, is a d on that team isn't there like d-i-o-t well they were they were calling the france game and they were calling boris dl they were calling him d all like all like that and then the best one was uh joe chi for china they were calling him zoo so they were like nice. they were like <laughs> zoo key for another <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite for sure. Um, but it's been great um, to watch these games and to uh, to sort of see these international guys. I mean, is there any guy that is not currently on an NBA roster that you've watched and you're like, man, that guy needs to get some looks? I like those two point guards. Uh, what are we talking about? The guy for France, Wordle, and then Tia yeah. Dosich. Yeah. I don't know if those guys can play defense, but they can run pick and roll. Like they can get buckets. They can move the ball in the pick and roll. There's a place for that in the league. Yeah, and and Montes Kaunatis from Lithuania. I mean, that guy's a baller. He's a hooper. He's 29 though, so I know no NBA team is really looking for a 29 year old, you know, guard to come in and start playing. Well, then again, Pablo Prigioni was 35, came over to the league. Who knows? There you go. Maybe maybe there is hope for Kaunatis, but I mean, he is he literally just is so fun to watch for Lithuania, and he's so efficient. I don't understand why anyone uh, would play off of him. It seems like he has tons of open looks, and it makes no sense to me. I mean, that thread of Jonas and that pick and roll, man. Yeah. Opens it up for everybody else. Can't I guess so back, going back to the picks, we got, I'll take Croatia. So we got Croatia, Australia, Spain, US. Yeah. I'm going to go with Croatia to the finals because why not? I'm going to, I'm going to ride there with you. I think, uh, I'm going to see Australia, Croatia. I, uh, as much as I want Andrew Bogut to get his redemption against Coach K and everyone else who's ever slighted him in his life, including Kevin Durant, I uh, I do think the young Croatians are going to make it to the finals, and I think they may get obliterated by uh, Team USA. But, I mean, that would just be so fun to see those well, guys. Well, I guess if you're picking Croatia, I'll pick Australia for some variety. So okay. Let me check. okay let's go. I'll go U.S.-Australia, and you got U.S.-Croatia. That, that's, that's, that's a good compromise, man. I, I wanted to go Australia, but I, don't, I, don't, I can't turn on Croatia now. Fair enough. Team They're too Jordan great. Forever. Team Jordan. He knew it. Tony Kukoc knew it too. Like, I'm going to pick the U.S. to win, but I feel like they're the best team in each matchup, but it's going to be close. 
it should be fun to watch these games. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be a great Wednesday, um, which is tomorrow. We're gonna it's gonna be a fun day of basketball. It starts at 10 a.m. with Australia, Lithuania, and it goes all day. I mean, I honestly I think that USA Argentina game is gonna be very very interesting. I think that they're gonna give it all they have, which you know. Of course they would. It's do or die. But I mean, this, this is the last hurrah for that whole group of guys, and 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 they're serious competitors. And and it's home know. court too for them. Yeah, and and it's just like what it it would not. I mean, as much as we just said, we just made our picks, and I think it's be Croatia, U.S. in the final. I would not be overwhelmingly shocked if Argentina pulled out the upset because it's just too great of a story. I wouldn't mind the U.S. losing. It'd be more more interesting, right? Oh man, it would, it would. We, I mean, we have a lot of takes, right? And we're in the take business. So. We're in, we're in the take business, and the takes after that, and I think the takes would honestly take a dark turn, and they would, and people would start blaming Steph Curry and LeBron James, which would honestly be some of the best like revisionist history and blaming people for all this blah 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 after the fact, which you know that that's only entertainment. That's gonna be great. I'll need your anti Coach K takedown, the one you've been waiting years to write. <laughs> No, I, you know, I'm, look, I'm, I'm a Patriot, man. I'm pulling, I'm pulling for Team USA. I want them to win, but it would, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I will say that. Let Larry Brown live. Right? Yeah. Let, let, <laughs> let Larry, he needs his moment to sign back. It's time for Larry Brown to, you know, let people get off Pass his back, man. Yeah. Stop, stop talking trash about 2004, man. Larry was just trying to put a dream team together of guys he loved. They just didn't Larry's like basketball. Playing the, Larry's playing the right way. It don't matter what the score is. The game is going to be played the right way. Exactly. Larry Brown will be coaching like Latvia in 2020. Bring it um, back. And let me just tell you, when Larry Brown starts coaching, coaching Team Croatia in uh, 2020, that's no. That'll be that'll that'll be the end of him coaching <laughs> coaching Mario and Bog and Boyan. That'll be the end of him. I think Bogdanovic will never play court. again. Yeah, that'll be the end of Bogdanovic's career if Larry Brown goes to Croatia. Well, Charks, on that note, uh, we're looking forward to the, the games ahead in the quarterfinals, and uh, we're hoping that Team USA can can ride out in glory once again. But if not, blame K. Always. It's, it's going to be his fault either way. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the, player, it's the players if they win, it's K if they lose. I'm going to stick with that. No doubt. No doubt, man. Well, uh, we'll be back after, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up the Olympic coverage. Uh, Charks, thanks, man. All right, have a good one, man.